0: We're just here walking around We're going to go set a tree stand Don't worry, my dad's weird He never shot a huge buck before I just shot A freaking big buck Get that one. Oh, you hit him Go get that one, Henry Right here Look at the size of that deer. All righty, welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. Well, this week I had my first big snafu with this whole podcast thing i had done a podcast with brand travis from uh, vital shot and uh it was a sweet episode like really enjoyed it and when i was recording it i could tell i had i was doing it over the computer but i could tell i had like an echo i had no idea why or how i just assumed it was something i was just picking up in these you know this headset i was wearing uh unbeknownst to me after i got the recording went to go upload it today and yeah, you can hear myself double talking, echoing the whole time. Really distracting. It's loud. It does not sound good. So now I'm kind <clears> of <throat> doing a little solo thing because it is currently Sunday afternoon, and I have nothing. Um, that was I've been trying to stay, you know, ahead of podcasts and having a you know one in the back burner. And this week just got really busy, and had the trip to the lease in Illinois with the guys and knew that I wasn't going to probably be able to fit in a podcast, so I was like, oh, no, big deal. I have one in the, you know, packed up and ready to go just in case something like this happened where I was just didn't really, you know, work out schedule-wise, and I had a guy kind of actually had two guys <clears throat> reschedule, from one from sickness and one just didn't work out, which is pretty common. It happens. We're all busy. So, you know, here I am uh, Sunday afternoon and just going to do a little solo thing because that's all I got. But I did just get back from checking the Illinois lease um, out with uh, Mason, Drew, and uh, Mason's dad, Sam. Uh, we got to go down there for and do a little scouting and check it out and move some cams, set some new cams up, and just kind of see what the property looks like this time of year because we were there in February when everything was dead, and it's hilly, and, you know, it's a part of Illinois that... I've never hunted before, and them guys haven't either, so we just wanted to, you know, hey, we it worked out in the calendar for us to all get there this weekend, and we all got there Friday. I got there late Friday nights, and so did uh, Mason's dad, but they got there a little earlier. They did a little couple things for an hour or two before, did a little, you know, scouting from the road and went in there and moved some cans, did some stuff, so it made our uh, Saturday a little less things we had to do, but still, we were <clears throat> we were busy. We walked, I think, like over six miles on this lease, which it's not a very big lease, but it just it's, it just feels a lot bigger because of the terrain. But yeah, we we had a great time. We got to uh, we got to do some things. We confirmed some things. We learned some things, and yeah, we're looking forward to doing podcasts with them in the uh, hopefully next week and just kind of go through what we learned and what we found. Talk about some of the bucks that we saw, which is spicy. And definitely makes it, uh, it's encouraging to see what we saw after, you know, you say yes to a lease and, you know, put a financial, you know, money for, you know, you put money into it, it's a financial like commitment without really knowing. So what we got validation, what we needed, but on this uh, podcast, I was just going to go through a few things, kind of like where I'm going at. It is currently September 10th, so we're three weeks Three weeks out from, you know, bow hunting, man. And that is, that is awesome. I am, uh, I'm really looking forward to early October this year. I don't know why. Maybe because I just feel like I'm due to make something happen the first few days of season. And, uh, or it's probably just because of the cold front we've had coming through right now that, uh, has got me all amped up. So we, you know, go from having hot, humid weather to all of a sudden high of 70, high of low, you know, high. High of low 70s to high 60s for the day. You know, a little north breeze going on. It's got me all amped up. But this past week, I did um, did get to do... I had a rain day, so I got to do some scouting and uh, set a trail camera on some public land. And I kind of want to chit-chat about that a little bit. Uh, It's a spot that I have... I've known about, and I've had a camera there for a while, but I have yet to hunt it. Just learning it, trying to figure out what's in the area. My gut told me there would be some, you know, good bucks there. And then I confirmed that with a trail camera last year. Yeah, because I think last year was actually the first year I had a camera there. But, um, I, you know, have walked this piece a few different times. I have walked it different times of the year. Uh, was able to have a camera there from... You know, I think I kept the camera there from like uh, early September, late August, all the way to uh, Christmas uh, last year. So I had a, and it, the camera actually worked the whole time, which was great. And yeah, I learned a lot. I confirmed a lot of things, but i am now I'm just been trying to, you know, figure out how to get into the spot successfully. Cause I feel like access is super important. At least it is on the properties I, you know, typically hunt, you know, you can ruin a property by how you get in there or how you you know repeatedly hunt it you might be able to be reckless one time but then it's kind of shot for the year if you don't quite do it right because it's it's all a matter of you know going in there I'm super confident that if the buck I want to shoot is there I'm going to shoot them they're just not always there so with this public spot that I went to I have a couple spots but this one in particular that I focused on last week um actually yeah it was last week i want to say it was like wednesday or something but i can uh i can access i sit i believe two different ways which is pretty which is you know very nice uh i just don't know if i'm going to jump a deer either one of those ways but from everything i've done and looked i don't think i'm going to i think where they bed is um a thick enough spot that i can sneak around you know use the wind to your advantage with how you get in there and i can set up where i want to and they have a really good hunt but yeah i went so i kind of treated like when i went to go hang this camera i treated it just like how like pretend like i'm going to go hunt it so i time myself uh to access a certain way that i have not uh done before but you know similar to hunting conditions you know with uh, you know, foliage and all that stuff is right now. Obviously, some of it's gonna be a little more open in the next couple of weeks, but I'm really hoping to target this area early October. So yeah, it worked really really nice. Uh get in there. I didn't jump a single deer. I was able to validate some good sized tracks. So I figured the same deer that I have been seeing in there and know are there there again this year. And then the spot that I got to, I actually found this spot because I broke this piece down and how did this start rabbit hunting? I found some giant rubs. Like I saw them and I was like, there's no way those are real. Those gotta be fake. And I had to like walk over there, cross a little bit of kind of like a nasty little spot to like get to, but I could see it. Cause this isn't like February or, you know, I think it was February or late January when I found them and I was like, I was with Tyler actually. I was like, dude, those are giant rubs. I have to go over there. So I kind of made a detour. And sure enough, they're your legit rubs. And there was multiples of them. And I was like, okay, this spot's always looked really good on a map. So I'm going to definitely spend some time here. So that's what started the whole thing. So when I broke it down, I just kind of, like, walked a lot of it. You know, I didn't, like, walk the entire piece, but I walked what I thought would be good. And in doing that, I found where other people hunted. Because I did it before, you know, I know people don't always take the tree stands down, but I did it before whatever the deadline is. I don't know if it's April or if it's March. I, think, I feel like it's April. I'm not even sure. But I walked it when they still had, there's still tree stands up, you know, ground blinds and those kind of things. So I was able to walk this property and figure out what other people were hunting. And <clears throat> that really helped me like cross off like areas where I wanted to spend time because last thing I want to do is go hunt somewhere and maybe it's a really good spot where someone else is already hunting. I just don't want to be by them. Like I'll be within a, you know, within a distance of them, but it's not like I gotta be a mile away from them. But I don't want to, last thing I want to do is set up on someone or have someone set up on me. That's just something I've, I don't go hunting to see other people. So that's, you know, I've been blessed to have a lot of private land stuff, but even when I do private land stuff, if I know a neighbor's hunting really close to a property line, I kind of just avoid that because I want him to have a good hunt and I want to have a good hunt. So I feel that's like just the best way to do it. So I went through and I found out where other people are hunting, you know, use like digital map Onyx, and, you know, mark those things out. And then I was able to like spend time there and just start breaking it down. And then it's like, okay, I need to walk through this area and see if, are they betting there? I feel like they might. And I checked one spot out and they were not betting there. I thought it was going to be different than what it was. So that X that spot out. And then went to the, you know, the secondary spot and I was like, okay, I feel like a buck could definitely hang out in this spot and, you know, feel safe, use the wind to his advantage, maybe have a little sight to his advantage, maybe have like, you know, it's hard to get through so you can't get through there quietly. So it just felt good. Sure enough, stumbled upon some beds and not just one like spot. There was like multiple different spots in this like area. So that automatically to me means bedding area because... You know, it's something that's repeatable more than just one time. Because sometimes you'll find a spot where, you know, you're walking and it's like you find one bed. And there's only one bed there. And I don't, I'm not convinced that, you know, bucks in my area, you know, spend a lot of time in just one spot. I feel like they have multiple bedding areas that they kind of bounce around. Leapfrog too, depending on pressure, depending on, you know, food source or what other deer are doing or wind, weather, all these kind of things. Um, I mean, these deer are not living in the middle of nowhere. They have to deal with people. They have to deal with, you know, people are recreating, on, you know, state land, cars, you know, other kind of things. I mean, farmers, farm fields, all this stuff. So I like finding areas that are, they can hold, you know, there's a big enough area that multiple deer can bed there because then I feel like it just, that means it's just that much better of an area because if, multiple deer bed in that area in my brain it's always been like okay it's good enough for one but it's actually good enough for more than one so then it gives them options because they you always hear guys talk about how you know they'll have a buck that'll get up when the wind changes and you know switch beds or you know halfway through the morning they'll catch them get up and you know go 100 yards and re-bed so I like to be in areas that are like that that's like this bigger area that is you know desirable so then once I found that and then I confirmed it was some buck beds because there was rubs in a close proximity to that. So, and it was, you know, and they were in spots where it's not like five deer or three deer. It's like, okay, maybe two deer could fit in this little spot. Then maybe two deer can go there or, you know, you get down in the ground and you actually dig through some of the stuff and find deer here. So confirmed it was bedding, confirmed it, bucks at least used it at some point because there was rubs. And then I was, I like hunting scrapes. So... For me to uh, hunt scrapes, that's just been something I've done for a really long time because I just have always had, like, validation that it works because, like, you know, I've been bow hunting for, I'm 33, so I've been bow hunting for 21 years, and I've always had, you know, success hunting scrapes, as in, like, seeing deer use them, setting up on them, catching deer come by, use a scrape, move past, I don't get busted, I've shot bucks on scrapes, I've shot bucks on the way to scrapes, it's just been something I've really enjoyed. So, once I knew where the deer, you know, were bedding in the area, I instantly was like, okay, where do I think some scrapes would be? Because I don't want to, like, make these giant mock scrapes on public land because, or state land, because I don't want anyone to know I'm there. And, you know, when you clear a truck hood size, you know, spot in the dirt or break some branches or zip tie branches up or whatever you may do for a mock scrape, hang a vine, blah, blah, whatever, it's like an indicator, hey... Someone knows this area is good. Oh, where's the camera? There's the camera. Let's swipe that. And now I know someone's hunting there. So my mindset's always been, let's find a, a scrape that's already being used and then I can hunt off that. And those are very, like when I find them, you know, some really good scrapes are very subtle. Like you don't even really catch them, you know, because I don't find in pressured areas that they usually always make like a huge spot in the dirt that's usually like a field edge thing or something but like the interior of the wood scrapes I usually just find licking branches so I found I found one and it was in a train feature that I really liked bef- that really helped with my access and like the 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 way the terrain was I could set up on it and be I'd have the wind in my advantage in a way that the deer would still want to work through that area I felt like so then it was just like okay, I don't need to hunt this this year. Um, I'm gonna set the camera up and just see my guts right. And I do this on private land and public, but this is just kind of my public land journey for this spot because this is kind of the most like recent thing I've done. Um, so I did that and yeah, I confirmed exactly what I thought. Like it was a scrape. It was active. Does were using the licking branches? Uh, bucks, multiple bucks, some really nice, respectable size bucks. Um, And they were using it early October, middle of October, early November, before gun season, during gun season, and in December. So, like, this was, like, a really good spot for, like, consistent movement throughout the year. I mean, it wasn't, like, every day, but there would be, like, you pull that card, it's like, okay, this is pretty good. Like, usually spots are not active, like, through the full season. This one kind of was, and I think it's just because it checks some of those boxes for uh, train feature and for betting. So anyways, I been busy this year and I didn't get a chance to hang a camera until this past week, which is fine. Cause I didn't really want to get a camera out there super early, you know, when other people may be scouting or whatever. And I just don't want to get stolen even though it's not a nice camera, but so I went there and treated this like I was going to hunt it time myself have, you know, gotten know how long it's going to take me. It's, it's a good walk. I mean, if the wind's not right, um, you know. For the one access, I can do it a different way. And for hunting it, I kind of have to hunt it just on this one spot of the terrain feature. So I'm kind of committed to that. But I can hunt it on a couple different winds. So now I have two access ways per wind. But as I'm sneaking in there, I'm checking for acorns, which there was some. I'm checking for tracks, which there was doe tracks. And there was a couple nice buck tracks from what I feel. Uh, Browse pressure, you know, seeing where they're coming through. So it's just like checking these boxes for me. And as I get closer to the spot, um, you know, I'm just, you know, double checking my brain. Okay, where am I going to set up? I'm like, yep, I'm going to set up right there. Found a tree. And then I went to the scrape. Yep, it still has, like, fresh broken branches on it, Lucky branch. So then I hang the camera, but then as I, after I get done with that, I kind of was like, you know what? Maybe I should just, like, check, go a little farther and just kind of see. Because there's another, like, little trained feature that was intriguing to me. That maybe I could, like, if I hunted it multiple times, that I feel like I could have got, like, almost, not backdoored, but the uh maybe a mature deer would like to use this little spot a little more. And I knew that going that little bit distance farther, it was going to get a little closer where they could bed. And sure enough, I went, I'm talking, 50, 60 yards. And mind you not, I was treating this like I was hunting. So I was, like, going slow through the woods. I was trying to be quiet you know I wasn't just straight line and I was weaving through and when I set the camera I was quiet you know I'm not wasn't trying to do anything you know fancy or reckless and sure enough I go 56 yards and jumped a single deer that I did not see the headgear but I saw the body and I heard it run through the uh the area and I was like yep that's a single deer for sure and that looked really it just looked big like your gut just told you that was a big body deer so Really excited to pull that card at some point, see if that was him, and see if the bump and dump thing works. I he did not smell me, which is good, but and I don't know how well he see me. I really think he just heard me because it was kind of a thick area I was sneaking through, and I got relatively close to him. I mean, thirty yards probably, and like it was thick enough that when he when he jumped up, I couldn't see his headgear. I could just see his body. I saw like this side profile, and I saw him. You know, make bounce, no tail up. Like just like a a bit mature buck would, you know, spook out of there. It didn't blow nothing. And then I kinda walked over to where the bed was and sure enough there's some fresh uh you know rubbing on some littler, you know, trees to get his velvet off and stuff. So really excited about that. Um but yeah, so to me that was a win because there is a deer using that a buck using that area. And if I would have actually set, you know, obviously you could make a noise setting up and maybe spook the deer off. But, like, I treated that like I was going to go in there and kill. And I think I could have been successful if that was, like, October 1st. So, super pumped about that. And, uh, I'm yeah, that could possibly be a target buck for me this fall. So, that's, you know, that's something to be pumped about. Because, you know, shooter bucks, I had... I'm not like panicked or anything, but there hasn't been, I've glassed some really nice bucks, but I haven't really got pictures of them because I kind of waited to put my cameras out, you know, end of August, the first part of September, which is kind of right when they kind of start shifting and doing weird things because I was kind of sick of just getting pictures of deer that are gone or, you know, a lot of my bigger deer don't show up until, you know, right now or, you know, a week before October, the end of September, you know, they do the shift either with the beans doing their thing or Whatever you want to think that is the reason they do it Oaks cover excuse me whatever that may be so i kind of had some you know dead cams for a while nothing was really going I, I didn't put them in spots to get summer bucks i usually don't do that but then every year you always kind of like oh you see everyone else is getting these huge bucks on velvet and this stuff and you're seeing them in these you know these fields or working these areas it's like man maybe i'll just set this camera here and set that camera there just to, then you get, you know, those velvet pictures of bucks and you feel good. But then that camera doesn't do any good for the hunting season and, you know, they dry up and nothing happens. So I kind of took a little different approach and just strictly put all my cameras in spots where I hunt, where I've known deer go through like areas I can learn from and see when they're in the area, you know, either going to, you know, either going through a food plot maybe or like a a narrow gap somewhere and then uh, scrapes. So I was getting a little like, okay, you know, counting on the days. and like, okay, I've got, you know, memories are popping up on my phone of, you know, years past, like a buck will show up and I'm like, okay, we're getting there. But it hadn't happened, it hadn't happened. And then, you know, we get this cold snap kind of came through and the weather kind of changed. And yeah, sure enough, started popping up some bucks. However, they're not the ones that I'm really looking for. So I don't really have that, like the couple bucks I really am like holding out for on my camera yet. So it's a little like. It's, it's it's one of those things where that's what's fun about the camera game, right? You're just waiting, and then you start, like, trying to – I'm, like, almost to the point where it's like, okay, we've got three weeks here. i got to start making some game plans. Do I need to, like, you know, bail on properties? Do I need to try to find an early season deer? Because I really want to get after it in October, like early. Or, you know, I might just have to be patient and just wait. But, uh, but they're starting to show back up. So I'm starting to get some bucks. I haven't had a camera yet in the past month. They're coming in you know, velvets off some of the deer. So that's, uh, that's, that's definitely, uh, you know, paying off to put the cameras in spots where and you know, have a better chance of hunting in that vicinity. And, uh, yeah, it was like, is this, uh, for me, I was like, man, am I, was I even doing the right thing when I first did that? But I'm sticking to my guns, sticking to the plan and, and I think it'll pay off. But, um, so like how I... Just because it's fresh in my mind, we hung cameras in February on a property we never were for our Illinois lease. We hung a f- quite a few. Not a lot, but I want to say we hung we hung six cameras maybe, you know, three cell cams and three regular cams, and we missed the ball on some of those, and we'll talk about that a little more. We just, you know, you guess and you, you go what you think is right, and it's like that was not, those were not right. So I take that same, you know, approach here in Michigan, like if I, if I... I don't try to do the same thing every year with my cameras. There's certain cams that go in the same spot. However, I try to always like, you know, tweak something or move something just to get better because I'm just trying to be as efficient as I can with my time. And I'm always in the back of my mind thinking of buck movement when I set the camera. Um, You know, it's a high deer density area. So, you know, it's pretty easy to find does and stuff. You know, I don't care if I wake up in the morning and, you know, I got 20, 20 pictures of deer in my, on my app, or if I have 200, it doesn't matter to me. I just want those to be like the bucks I want to keep tabs on. So I've learned to like, not, not be uh not be a sucker for putting them cameras in the spot where all the deer are going to be. And that, but then I've gone too far on that because if you go into a spot, that's not pressured, them bucks will actually you can get them deer on those, you know, more, like more centrally located or areas where a lot of deer like to go through, especially like September when they're starting to, you know, feel it out. And I've done that in the past and use that like Intel to like get on a deer early October. And actually in 2020, I shot a buck. I've kind of alluded to that a few different times through the podcast, but I had, a, um, camera that i had set out and i had every other camera that was like deep in you know thick cover like this is where i get deer and you know late october you know rut um you know end of the season like there's still deer movement daylight like i always just put my cams in all these spots that it didn't you know when pressure hit all that stuff i still was getting daylight pictures and then i had this in 2020 going into that september it was a few days before season and I knew these deer, this deer was in the area. I knew a couple other deer were in the area, and I I had one camera that I just didn't move. yet. I left it in the same summertime spot, and always got great velvet bucks. I mean, the bachelor groups of deers would come through as an open hardwoods area, so the bucks and would just hang out there in the shade all summer, and then they just go right to the ag field, like it was great. But once you know the velvet strip, they would just kind of disappear from it is what i always thought so i would always move those cameras like if i didn't get that consistent movement poop camera up move it to the thick cover and just wait so then a lot of times i wouldn't even hunt until middle of october like that you know 16th 17th 20th somewhere in there because that's when the deer would finally kind of come back through like or come into that thick cover well this this year i didn't move the camera right away for whatever reason got busy And then a few days before season, I went in there to move that camera and it was a spot I could easily get to. And there was buck sign everywhere, scrapes, like not your little typical scrapes, like big scrapes, big rubs. I was like, Oh, what's going on here? And thankfully I had a camera in that vicinity kind of, and I got one picture of this deer walking right by the camera, like walking a path that they, I didn't have a deer ever go that way after you know they shed velvet he just happened to walk by like it was a weird time too it was middle of night and i just saw his beam and his points i was like that's that 110 point so that confirmed that he was still kind of hanging out in that area he wasn't in super deep yet he was he was you know doing whatever he was trying to do assert his dominance in that area so i used that little tidbit of information went in there did a hanging hunt opening night and shot that deer was awesome i felt like it was like the game plan worked and you know the only reason i knew about that was because a i went and you know did a little speed scout or whatever checked the area out saw the big scrapes saw the big tracks saw the fresh rubs and then pulled that camera i actually moved that camera and didn't realize it it was an sd card camera i moved that camera and then saw that picture later that night so it like step one saw the fresh sign step two got confirmation that deer was still in the that little area and then step three the weather lined up so that's all to make that point that i don't just like fully commit all my cameras to the thickest most nastiest spots i will leave a couple and you know proven areas just because if it's happened in early october where a nice buck is still in though that fringe or on that edge because he's not being pressured so not all properties work that way but that works so I was I've used that since that was in 2020 and I've done that now three years in a row and it's even paying off right now like I have a buck that is you if I would show you where he's daylighting at you'd be like why is he even doing that and typically they don't but just for some reason every you know year or so you'll get one that is either lazy or is just not you know is just wired a little different and you can capitalize on that. So that's just kind of what I just, I'm just trying to go through and just give people, you know, real life examples of how someone like me goes through and tries to attack this and just be open-minded and with your trail cam placement to kind of find that buck movement. And that doesn't mean you have to, and that that, that, that translates to how you hunt too. Like you don't have to go, you know, into the deepest spot right away and you know it maybe if you have 30 spots you can do that and if you don't care you just burn them down you know every time you hunt you just burn a spot burn a spot burn a spot and then just the law of you know averages works in your favor you're gonna eventually either see a target buck or you're gonna get a shot if you have just this huge you know this huge stockpile of bucks to chase but like I don't usually have that like I feel like I'm blessed with a few that I do but I can't just go in and burn it down to the ground every hunt like there's properties where I wait and I know that October 26th I'm burning that spot because that's just proven to be a really good window to go in there I have the right weather so yeah I just try to you know be calculated with that because you want to be aggressive there's that fine line between being aggressive when you have the time to get in there and then you're overly aggressive and sometimes you have to be overly aggressive reckless to learn and I've done the fair share of that I can promise you that so that was one thing I wanted to touch on and then yeah we talked about um Kind of a little bit like how I determine when to hunt those spots. So on the public land, I have a year of trail cam history to, you know, kind of give myself an idea of when to hunt this area. So I'm going to kind of use that as my starting point. So let's say I can pull up my pictures and I have, I think there's two bucks that come to mind without going through my folder right now, that... If them de- one of the, either one of those makes made it last year, like they're they're worth shooting for me, um, they're going to be four years old this year, so that's kind of my thing. Like I shoot four year olds and I shoot five year olds, just to kind of like to me that's um, you know that's always been my goal. I have not shot a lot of four year olds, and I don't think I've ever shot a five. No, I've not shot a confirmed five year old Michigan yet, so I kind of cherry pick the spots that cherry pick the spots that I. We'll wait for a five-year-old or pass a four-year-old, and it kind of just determines on the deer. Obviously, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still fighting some allergies and stuff. But this public land and some of my high-pressure spots. Four-year-old is what I target, and uh, I have two deer in mind from this public land spot or state land spot and I am going to look in that folder and I'm going to correlate if I go through and have like a cold front come through in early October and none of my private land spots make sense I can promise you I'm going to be hunting that public land spot and I have that for you know early October middle of October end of October going into November so that's kind of how I determine where I'm going to hunt and that goes for public land spots and my private land spots because I have multiple spots so I try to really use the weather to my advantage from cold fronts and, um, you know, time to hunt. So if I have like, if it makes sense that I can hunt on a Thursday, I will see, you know, hopefully a few days before, hopefully a nice weather event is happening or the wind is correct. And then it's a matter of pulling up my history that I have from, you know, save pictures, current pictures, and then compare those to, direction i feel like the deer move and i look look at it and i'm like okay i have a good spot in mind already to hunt that deer in x spot or you know c spot or this property or that property and then i just make my calculated guess off that and then for me doing that i have really good sits like yes i don't see the buck i want to see every time but when i'm sitting I'm confident that if that deer's there, I'm going to kill that deer and that he is going to move through where I'm at. So that confidence kind of gives me the edge to, you know, you go out there and you, you know, you're, you work, you know, you're working hard at your job and then you have to get off work and you're hustling and you got to go, you know, throw your backpack, all your gear on it and you go hang and hunt and you sit there all night. You got to be confident in doing that, especially when you tear down that night and you know you got to do it a couple days later, or you're in, you know, in a four day stretch of doing it. You just got to be confident in that. And that's how I feel confident, you know, using the historical data, you know, my historical data, my, you know, the scouting that you do and, you know, just knowing these properties and just having a feel for it. And that's something that's just taken a long time to get, but it's, it's, it makes it fun for me and it makes it easy to go do it. So that's, that's what I'm really like looking forward to. I think the most because you know every year you get close to october and it's like okay let's let's go back to the catalog let's see it's like okay i've you know i shot that buck you know i like got a buck on the wall here he I shot him october 4th in the morning i shot that buck you know october 1st in the evening and then you go through pictures like you know what i saw that buck october 7th i saw this deer then you know just going through that data in that catalog and you could just get a game plan together and then you just got to execute it and i love that that's that goal thing and Even if I don't see that deer, but, you know, you still have different goals. Like, you go in there, you hang and hunt, and all these deer walk by, and you never get busted. Because, you know, you read the terrain right, or you read the wind right, and the thermal pole worked right. Like, those are all small victories, and that's just, like, what I love doing it. So, let's kind of move to um, what I kind of have planned for a time frame to hunt out of state. Um, I believe we are going to do Illinois uh the second week of november at some point i know we got this um uh, we have airbnb booked for quite an extended period of time and i know between all of us that we should have someone's going to be there through that time but that's going to kind of be that second week of november um and right now like i said we have some some really nice bucks we got confirmation on so that's going to be um my kind of kinda hunt for that so then that leaves the first week of november open for michigan hunting still and I I'm trying to think if I ever shot I don't think I've shot a big deer The first week of November in Michigan I know I've seen some And I know I missed One when I was younger And Yeah so this year I'm going to try really hard I messed up on that seven point on November 4th I bumped the does he was with Setting up Um, These are just things kind of coming in my head. I've done that a couple times. So I am going to try my best to have a really good game plan figured out for the first week of November. And that's just because I have – that's strictly because of there's a couple bucks that have shown up on my cameras that time of year, and I just want to capitalize on it. So I think that – my best time is going to be the first few weeks. I th- I, for some reason, I feel like the first couple weeks of October is going to be what I'm going to strike this year, and then um, that first week of November, I'm going to really try to focus on, and I do believe that if this one deer is, is coming to mind right away, isn't around, then this, this is kind of going to be out the window, because this is strictly just for one deer that I'm thinking this. If he doesn't show back up, then it's all going to be different, but... I would love nothing more than to get in on an early November morning and shoot one of these bucks because who wouldn't want to shoot? who wouldn't want to shoot a nice buck with their bow? You know, the first week of November. Um, so, but my game plan for that is going to be, I think I'm actually going to have to move some cameras. So, typically, I have been the guy that sets cams up and leaves them sit all year. Like once I shift them to my like hunting spot. I'm not talking like my summer velvet picks. This is like once I, you know, get hard horned, they sit there, I leave them there, you know, might move a camera. Like I was just talking about how one camera, I, you know, did it late, but typically by time October 1st runs is here, I have my camera set and they stay. And I usually keep like an oddball camera that I can, you know, set up on sign. But I think I've been missing the mark on rut movement for these bigger deer, because I think, um you know, the two year olds and the weird half old bucks, you see them guys running all over the place. And then I don't see the bigger deer do that because it could be there with a doe, whatever it may be. However, I have had some good movement on my cameras that first week of November with them. So I think what I need to do, uh, and that good movement to me would mean like a daylight picture of a buck and he's doing something, A couple of deer I have that come to mind they're doing something different they've done all year So it's got the brain moving that I think once the rut hits they are, you know cutting a property different than they do All their times a year So I think what I need to do is if I don't connect in that, you know last, you know eight days of october or if I don't have anything shot at all That I need to actually be prepared for that and move those cams and see if it can confirm it because I hate nothing more than wasting sits in the last few years. I feel like I go out in November, the first week of November, if I'm in Michigan and I'm just burning time, like I'll see does maybe, or like little bucks. And I do not like going in. Like I just talked about being super confident. So I feel like this year I'm actually going to try to do like that, that in season scouting mixed with trail cam movement or placement and see if that works for me because I'm actually plan on being in michigan for that first week of november i mean years past i might hunt you know the first three days and then i'm out of state you know traveling and stuff like that but i don't think i'm going to leave until later so i'm going to have a that first full week even all the way up to like maybe the seventh or the eighth that i can maybe get on one of these deer and uh yeah i think i need to tweak my trail camp spot and then that will lead to me possibly um I might still be able to hunt the same, I think I might have the right areas to hunt out of, but I'm not going in there because I don't have the pictures to back up that it's there. So then when I just go to a spot that has the deer movement during the rut, I sit there and it's just the little deer that are moving or just does and they're not the ones with the buck. So I might be just, I think I'm just missing them and I'm not even hunting those areas. So I don't have lots of time to hunt. So I, you know, you why are you going to go to an area that hasn't had a picture of a mature deer the deer after in two weeks you know you're going to go to a spot where like hey there's all these deer moving maybe he's just over there but this year i think i'm going to kind of tweak that a little bit so i'm looking forward to that and then yeah and then, then that's kind of my mindset going into archery season and then we got so i have three weeks bow shooting a fantastic still i have my gear is pretty much dialed in, which is great. Like my, you know, hang and hunt system, you know, my saddle and then the tree stand, um, game is looking pretty good. The backpack and all that. I have all the camo I need. I do want to, um, I'm going to get in a tree and shoot out of the saddle. I usually do that, you know, do a couple, um, like times while set everything up, hop in, clip in shoot my bow, you know, six times, set the targets up, sit up there, tear everything down, you know, do that one day, next day, set it all up, go up there, shoot six arrows, tear it all down just to kind of refine the process. And I'll kind of do that with different trees um, just because it could happen that first set. So I want to be dialed in for that. So that's something on the agenda to do for my gear. And then, yeah, I'm just, now it's just a waiting game let's get here. Let's get to October and hopefully we got a good cold front. But, um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this, uh, this little solo episode. Obviously it wasn't my, uh, my goal for the week to do that, but you know, you kind of got to just overcome it and, uh, hopefully you guys got some good, good, uh, good enjoyment out of this. I obviously do not think, um, uh, I didn't go into this wanting you guys just to hear my voice and, you know, give you guys some info, but, If there's one little thing that I said that you can maybe take, you know, take into the memory bank and hopefully helps you guys, you know, get on a deer this fall and maybe shoot your biggest deer or learn something, I guess it's worth it to me. So I look forward to getting kind of back to the normal, uh, podcast for next week and interview some people and have good, you know, good conversations about some deer hunting. Um, uh, I, yeah, it's time to get serious about killing some deer. So, I'm uh. Oh yeah. And I am definitely going after does this year. That's something I've been talking with some buddies and, uh, last few years I haven't really even had the, I mean, I shoot does with a gun. Like that's usually what I've always done. And in years past, I've shot quite a few of the bow, but this year I want to shoot some of my bow and that that's like that fine line because I've shot big deer early Octobers and I've had a pass as they have the big deer come out. So we'll see how this works, but I am just going to the the time where I have some spots in mind that I only have forty five minutes before dark. Like I'm set up and I only have like a forty five minute hunt. And there's been years past where I won't even go hunting that night because I want more time. Uh, you know, when you're deep in there, you can't be setting up when deer or walking around, but i think i'm going to take advantage and that will be my doe killing night so looking forward to that i might be a little amped up because i just feel like i'm going to be letting some arrows go uh this early october so i got that going for me too um i don't know why i think it's just because i've have a, a plethora of does like it's i kind of talked to nick Otto on uh, the hunt war podcast about how you know blessed to have a lot of deer in the area and we're you know t- i've listened to a few of his podcasts about how that guy he's just he's fired up with you know you know cooking and eating venison and doing all these cool things and it's like maybe that's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit And i'm like you know what i need to shoot some deer get some you know fresh venison in the freezer and maybe do some of these things i've been listening to maybe kind of up my game a little bit but yeah the does better watch out all I gotta say, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Look forward to uh, keep doing this. This is actually my 10th, yeah, my 10th episode I've done, so it's been great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, you guys do too. I mean, feel free to reach out to me on uh, Michigan Wild Pod on Instagram or just either my Facebook page or Instagram page, Nate Roosevelt, and let me know what you think. And if you got anyone wants to be on and has a good story about a big book they've shot in years past or you know, if you shoot something this year and want to hop on and talk about it, I am down. Like, I want to talk to as many guys as I can. I don't have any agenda with who I want to talk to or how I want to talk to them. I just love talking all things Michigan hunting and outdoors. I mean, yeah, hopefully you guys have uh, realized that. But, yeah, and if you're you you know if you're on Spotify or if you're on iTunes or wherever you listen to this, if you have the opportunity just, you know, rate it. Give me a rating. Give me a review. Let me know what you think in that regard, that just helps with everything. I'm not doing this for a, you know, a full-time job or trying to, you know, have this be my career or anything like that. But I also want to make sure that it's, you know, something that I'm doing correct or at like maybe a higher level just to do, you know, be, be good, do well, help people. And, you know, the reviews and um, the ratings and all that stuff help the podcast. So if I reach out to, you know, a future guest, I can have a legitimate claim to, you know, using that guy's time. I don't want to waste anyone's time. And then, yeah, I have, you know, I kind of figured, you know, go through and see what the next, you know, 10 episodes brings. And then if that opens the door to, you know, other guests or anything like that, um, yeah, why not? Why not go for that? It's a like gum goal, goal oriented. And if I can keep growing this thing and keep doing, doing good for the hunting community, um, that's enough for me. So, Hey, get outside. Enjoy creation with your family. If you can take your little guy or little girl out there, uh, and get them out there and show them, show them buck tracks, show them, you know, some fresh, you know, rubs, uh, teach them something go shoot some geese too, man. I finally have some landing in a spot I can hunt. So hopefully maybe this time next weekend, me and Henry have been out there and have, you know, burn some, burn some lead with the old shotguns and see what we can do, um, yeah, I got. Oh man, I forgot all about that. I was literally hopping in my truck, leaving for Illinois, and they were just pouring into a field as I was leaving. And I was like, "Yep, I got permission to be over that way." And yep, they were the fields loaded with them. So hopefully that continues by this weekend, because uh, Saturday or Sunday morning, it might be it might be game over for a few few of those geese, those Canadians. So looking forward to that. Uh, other than that, um, have a good week. Uh, go outside, enjoy it with the family, with yourself, whatever, whatever little thing you can do to, you know, improve your fall and uh, learn and uh, get better. Thanks guys. Have a good week.